Well, over the past few months through our time in Revelation and Nehemiah, we've seen that the church is the new Jerusalem. The church is the heavenly city of God on earth. And when we build her up, we're building up the new Jerusalem. And for the past few weeks, we've turned to the Psalms of Ascent. These were songs that Jewish pilgrims sang as they journeyed to Jerusalem for their annual feasts. And see, the journey to Jerusalem was an uphill journey. So as the pilgrims approached the city, they were moving higher and higher in elevation. They were ascending, which is why these psalms are referred to as Psalms of Ascent. And today we're looking at Psalm 128. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed and it shall be well with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Now this this psalm, as we'll see, it, it really builds upon Psalm 127 as a, a picture of a fruitful house built by God that is blessed and blesses outwardly and abundantly. And this is, according to the Bible, the good life. And as this, as this poem moves along, there's, there's a progression, and it's a, it's a progression of blessing from, from individual to family to church and city. And I'll unpack that more in a bit, but I want to address a couple things that will lay the groundwork for us to see that progression more clearly. And the first is the fear of the Lord. Admittedly, this is a gigantic topic that could easily take multiple sermons just to scratch the surface. So I'm not going to say too much, but I do want to start here because it's laid out as a precondition for the blessings that the psalmist speaks of. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. Now, this is not a fear that puts us into the fetal position. It, it isn't a fear of punishment. In fact, the Bible says it's, it's actually a grace. It's a gift. It's a good thing. It's not dreadful. It, it's formidable, yes, and, and awesome, but it's not unpleasant. Hebrews twelve twenty eight says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Our God is a consuming fire. And we want to serve him acceptably with with reverence and godly fear as the result of grace. So it's it's a gift of God to be equipped to fear him. It's a gift, not a threat. And we should hunger for this gift. But but we're not to be casual or cavalier in in our ways with God. 
Even though it's a good gift and not unpleasant, we should no doubt tremble. Psalm 2 says, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. This is part of what it means to walk in the fear of the Lord. And we we even work out our salvation with fear and trembling, as it says in Philippians 2. So so what's happening in the Christian life is, is that God is working something into you and then you work it out. And, and when we're walking in his ways and, and aware that, that almighty God is working his will in us, the result is fear and trembling. But it's a joyful and glad fear and trembling. Rejoicing and fear and trembling must go together. Because if, if we only have fear and trembling, then, then we worship as slaves. And that, that's not what God wants or intends. We don't want to worship God as slaves, but, but as sons and daughters. But we also don't want to be sons and daughters who just take everything for granted, like, like those who grew up in the palace and, and just assume that everything is our birthright. We want to be sons and daughters, but we want to be sons and daughters that, that know and act like we have been adopted by grace. It's all a gift. We rejoice with fear and trembling. The other thing that sets the stage here is, is covenant blessings. This tiny psalm has packed into it the, the blessings of the covenant that, that was laid out for God's people in the book of Deuteronomy. The people were charged to love and serve God all in. They were told to fear the Lord and God would bless them. And God would give blessing after blessing after blessing. But he says, don't forget that that I gave this to you. Don't forget to fear me. Don't forget to love and serve me. Because God, God is not a vending machine. He is personal in how he relates to us. And this blessing is for everyone, verse 1 says. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord. And from cover to cover, the Bible unpacks this blessing. In Genesis, God completes the work of creation, breathing life into humankind, male and female, and he blesses them. God called Abraham and he, he promised, I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. The 12 tribes of Israel each received a special blessing. Jesus, in his Sermon on the Mount, uh, paints this picture of the life of a person of, of faith and each key quality is, is announced with the word Blessed. And then in the book of Revelation, seven blessings ring out as Christ is victorious and establishes his rule forever. But back to Psalm 128, we we see language that depicts the realization of the promised blessings of God, covenantal blessings. We see talk of, of vines and olive shoots, imagery that's symbolically rich with blessings for the covenant people of God. 
And by the grace of God and and the work of Christ to graft us into his covenant family, what this says and still applies is that this is real-time blessing. Blessings in this life, here and now. After verse 1 tells us that this blessing is for all, it immediately moves from from a general promise and then becomes a, a personal, individual, you You shall eat. You shall be blessed. Your wife, your children. You should want to taste the blessings that the psalmist is speaking of here. It is for you. So let's go through this and and see the portrait of the good life that's being painted for us. Verse 1. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands, You shall be blessed, and it shall be well with you. So we've already seen that the the fear of the Lord and obedience are are preconditions for this good life. So assuming that, we see first that the result is enjoying the fruit of our labor. In Genesis 3, God pronounced a curse on the land, which meant that that food would be eaten in in painful toil, in, in hard work. But before Adam's sin, before the curse, the the blessed land of Eden knew no painful toil. Verse 2 is saying that those who fear Yahweh can experience a taste of that Eden-like quality of life here and now. In the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon repeatedly concludes that it is good and right for us to know God's blessing of enjoying the fruit of one's toil. Hard work can easily be taken for granted, but, but the psalmist makes it clear that enjoying the fruit of that hard work is a gift from God. When we work faithfully and honestly, full of integrity and an upright heart, we will produce good fruit and will enjoy that fruit as a blessing from God. So one one quick thing to notice before we move on is that this way of walking in the fear of the Lord in obedience and experiencing his covenantal blessing is not flashy. It's not showy and and loud or even even always exciting for that matter it's faithful and sober and righteous and most of the time it's plain but it's his way verse 3 your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house your children will be like olive shoots around your table behold thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. So the blessing progresses and expands and the natural outpouring is to the family. Let me, let me briefly back up uh, to the previous Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil. For he gives to his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. 
He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. So, so Psalm 127 deals with the house that, that will be built by Yahweh. And, and then 128 continues by developing the idea of the kind of house that Yahweh builds. Verse 3 promises that, that faithfully walking in the fear of the Lord will, will nourish and leaven the family. The wife will know she is loved and she will feel safe and she will flourish. The children will will thrive and grow in the fear of the Lord. These two are are blessings of the covenant. And they're actually the exact opposite of the curses of the same covenant, which include barren wives and sons and daughters who are given to others. These blessings are likened to a fruitful vine and olive shoots. As I mentioned earlier, this is rich symbolic language for the, for the prosperity and rest and shalom of God's people. Listen, the, the grapes and, and wine from, from a fruitful vine and the oil from mature olive plants weren't necessary for the survival in the ancient world but they made life so much better. A quick word of encouragement for children. Any kids listening, and I hope you are, know that your role as olive shoots is not just to sit around the table silently submissive. As olive shoots, you have been blessed with the active potential to be mature olive trees. In the Bible, the olive tree is is associated with, with royalty and rulership. As you are an active participant, obediently growing within a godly household, know the royal potential that is before you. You are growing into a role that will bless others. You are sons and daughters, future kings and queens in the house of God from which all blessings flow. Then as we continue on in verses five and six, it says, the Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children Peace be upon Israel. So now, now verse 5 assumes that the audience will heed the call to walk obediently in the fear of the Lord that leads to these blessings. And then a, a prayer is lifted up that this good life will be realized. But, but not just for the sake of the one who fears the Lord, but for the prosperity of the city and for generations to come. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem. May you see your children's children. Well, in order for this to happen, our families have to be grounded. Our families have to be anchored. And, in, and, in, and faith in God must, must be passed on and, and relationships must be flourishing and God's blessings must be realized because we fear God and walk in his ways. That is all to say that it it matters how we live. 
Our walk with God here and now, present time, prepares us for life in the age to come. Part of what it means, part of what that means is is when we walk obediently in the fear of the Lord and under his blessings, it will affect generations to come. How we live matters. As we are faithfully working and parenting and vacationing and spending money and hosting neighbors, we should be doing so uh, not with the next 40 years in mind but with the next 40 million years in view. We need the faith and capacity and vision to know that God wants to continually bless and and not just in our lifetime. The blessings of God are abundant and they flow like a river from work to family to neighborhood to city. We heard in our readings The passage from Ezekiel where Ezekiel sees life-giving, abundant water flow from the house of the Lord and to the sea, to the nations. Remember Psalm 128 is describing the type of house that Yahweh builds. And it's from that house that his blessings flow. And what was on the banks of the river in Ezekiel's vision? Trees. What does Psalm 1 say? Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. Trees that are blessed and bless. Here's what the psalmist understood and and is still true today. Strong and happy homes are for the good of a city. If our families are are bound together, walking firmly in the fear of the Lord, our neighborhood and our city will be strengthened. It's not enough to just see our children's children if we don't have our eyes and hearts open to the prosperity of Jerusalem. We need tongues that pray not only for those in our homes, but but for peace upon Israel. We desire the prosperity of Oak Forest. And we pray peace upon the city of Houston. We can't be short-sighted about this. If we are only thinking towards retirement or, or getting our kids raised and out of the house, Not that anyone ever thinks like that. Then of course we'll be frustrated with the daily grind. But this psalm and and God's word as as a whole is is calling us to to imagine and, and labor toward a fruitful and abundantly blessed future for our children's 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 children. Now, All of this is not reserved only for those who are married and with children. And that's really important. Remember, the psalmist starts the whole thing by saying, blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. The the blessings and outworking of those blessings isn't dependent on on race or class or, or your job or if you're single or how many kids you have. Blessed is 
everyone who fears the Lord. There, there's so much that, that's practically true that the psalmist lays out here about the results of a, of a faithful marriage and faithful parenting. But we also need to be careful not to see this psalm a, a, as a model to replicate exactly in order to get blessing. Whether you have a spouse or children or not, the truth still remains. That, that, that ingrained in blessing is the power to increase. It functions by, by giving and sharing and delighting in life. The charge of blessing is to multiply. The, the blessed give. Listen, we, we have to have a better and deeper understanding of the good life than the world. The world makes happiness to be, to be ease and comfort and, and getting more stuff. But, but as Christians, we can say, no, no, no. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And as we learn to give and share and life abounds and those around us, they will become fruitful vines and olive shoots at our tables. Think about the reality of this. Our neighbors have the potential to become fruitful vines and olive shoots at our tables. And you don't need to look or be a certain way or have life figured out to participate. The river of blessing flows out from us and into the world. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. Everything we've looked at, the fear of the Lord and receiving blessing and sharing that blessing is his way. And this way is is locked into what God has done and what he is doing. The path that we travel is a well-worn path of discipleship. And it's not boring or miserable or a waste of time like the world might tell us. It's a way of blessing. And because of the uncertainty of the world that we live in, and because of our own sinful hearts, we won't do any of it perfectly. Our our lives will not always look like Psalm 128. And that's okay. Because that's not the point. Walk in his ways. Not just when you feel like it. And don't try and walk on your own. We can't expect blessing and happiness in in isolation or in living short-sighted. Everyone has a desire to be happy and to to be blessed, but, but so many don't want anything to do with God who sovereignly wills our happiness. And they think that doing it on their own is the better way. And they're wrong. God's ways and God's presence are exactly where we find blessing and experience happiness that goes on and on and on. A lot of sermons on this psalm can get very specific with a lot of bullet-pointed applications to how this all can look in our lives. And that's that's fine. Um, I don't want to do that. And that's not a cop-out because I couldn't think of five bullet points that all start with the same letter. 
I want your imaginations to run wild with how this could be realized in your life, in your family, at your table, in this church, in our city. Imagine. And I want you to walk in the fear of the Lord and experience that, expect his blessings will be poured out upon you. And from there, a river of blessings will flow. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we praise you as our God from whom all blessings flow. I pray that you would give us as your covenant people, the grace to walk faithfully in joy and gladness, in fear and trembling before you. That we may continually know what it means to live the good life, abundant life that was designed and ordained by you in your divine grace. May we always seek to let your blessings flow out from us to our families and friends and neighbors, to our city. We pray all this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.